We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to Wire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by DraftKings. I'm Joe Bartle, and of course, joined alongside me as always is Ben Miller. Ben, we have an eight-game slate on Wednesday. We've seen multiple All-Stars go down in recent days for extended periods, John Wall and Kevin Love being the two big names out there. And that goes along with a guy like Devin Booker, too, that's injured and kind of been in and out. And of course, DeMarcus Cousins done for the season, too. We've seen a really big loss of star players in the NBA. Yeah, you're kind of rubbing some salt in my wounds over here. I, I, I have both Devin Booker and John Wall in my uh, season-long uh, league as, as a couple of my top guys. So it, it's it's a struggle. I'm, I'm fading a little <laughs> bit in the, in the standings. So it's tough, man. It's a stake league, too. I'm going to be I'm gonna be paying big at the end of, oh, end really? of the year. Oh, really? It's yeah. a stake league one, yeah. too? Yeah. It's... See, I didn't have the balls to do that. I ended up <laughs> just doing the 20-team God knows what kind of league. And I'm doing okay in that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it'd be like, though. How many are actually in stake league right now? Uh, 12 of us. There's 12 of you in there. Okay. Yeah. And Shannon's team's number one, right? He's uh, he's about right where I'm at. He's middle of the pack. Ooh. Uh, all right. He's the one that pressured me into this, though. He, he basically forced me to play. So I blame <laughs> him if I'm if I'm buying big time. At do the you, end. Have you ever been a part of a stake league? No, league? I have not. No. Do you know what happens if you finish out of the? Oh, oh yeah, I, I did. No, but I, like, I, do you know what happens? <laughs> I have a, a good idea of, of how much I will be paying. I think so. I've been in the stake league for NFL now the last two years, and I've been in the positive both both years. So I'm one okay. of the few people that can yeah. can tout that on their resume, so to speak, right now. And the bill this last time around 
was one hundred ninety seven dollars per person. Yeah, that's that's about what I heard. About one fifty to two hundred was uh, my expected range. If you're you're in the bottom half, and I suspect, I mean, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt because there's only twelve people and there's only six that are paying for it. However, right. <laughs> say Shannon is the one that's winning, and he gets in there, he will buy things that push that price. He'll be for you guys. double stake in for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to know that's there. All right. Well, that's that's a good take into the Wednesday <laughs> eight game slate here going on. Of course, Stake League is one of the big, big competitions at Rotoware for every kind of sport. There's Stake League football, basketball, and baseball. We'll be focusing on basketball DFS moving into this. And I think the conversation has to begin with what you want to do at the top part of the center spot. Both Joel Embiid and Dwight Howard are the two highest guys, or at least two of the three highest guys on DraftKings. Embiid's at 10400 Dwight Howard's 9400 so about a $1,000 difference. And they both have solid enough matchups. Embiid is going against the Nets, which is going to be an interesting matchup, at least if you're talking about uh, Okafor, in what, which should be a revenge game kind of narrative. Right, right. And then on the other side of things, you have Dwight Howard going against the Hawks. And we've talked about the Hawks all season long as a defense that really has been struggling. They've done better as of late, but they're still not great. And Dwight Howard's been a double-double machine. I think in a tournament setting, if you wanted to go high at center, you need to go all the way up and get Embiid. I don't, I don't think that's a conversation. While Howard has been a bit more consistent than Embiid, Embiid's going to give you that potential. And against a Nets team that really struggles... I think that potential is very likely to be something that actually occurs, whether it be double-double, triple-double, whatever else. You're going to be getting those bonuses. So I think in a tournament setting, that conversation goes out of the wayside. In a double-up, though, I think Dwight Howard versus Joel Embiid is a very interesting conversation that I think we could go back and forth on a little bit. Yeah. That $1,000 savings is important when we're talking about this conversation. And Howard has been the better player consistently in these last four or five games. So I'll toss to you, Ben. Which one of those guys do you feel more comfortable using in a double-up situation? I think they're almost fairly similar uh, in, in what they're what they're going to, you know, produce so i i do i think howard being you know a thousand dollar cheap thousand dollars cheaper is is the guy i'd rather roll with especially in a double up um i honestly think there is a conversation if if even in a tournament setting i think howard just because he's so much cheaper like that's a thousand dollars that's a that's a lot i think there, he's still in the conversation there obviously Embiid probably has the higher upside there so i get that um but just just the savings you get with howard i i, I still think he can be considered in in you know, not only double ups, but, but tournaments, but I, I agree double up specifically. I'm going Howard thousand dollars cheaper. That's, that's, that's an almost easy take for me. So in a GPP, you actually would consider going with the Howard play over anything else. It, I mean, it's okay because Embiid is the second highest priced player on Wednesday's eight game yeah, slate. Yeah. So he, I mean, it's LeBron and it's Embiid. You do have to pay up if that's the case, but in my mind, they're getting about similar numbers as it is. The floor for Embiid is similar with Howard, but the ceiling, I think Embiid gives you a bit more as far as potential for a triple-double or even a game where he gets five-plus blocks or steals. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I, Howard can get that too, but if we're talking about a guy that I trust to be higher potential, if that makes sense, I think Embiid is the guy I would rather have in this scenario. Yeah, I see. I, I do. I do see that. I just don't think. I think the money here is the, the salaries where I'm, where I'm getting put off. You know, it's, a, it's like a thousand dollars is a ton. You know, you, you can upgrade from, you know, someone from six thousand to seven thousand or seven thousand to eight thousand. Obviously, I'm good at math. Yes, you thank see. God. Um, very that's, that's, that can be a big jump in, in terms of talent and, and upside. So I like that a lot. I just that's what I'm stuck on here. I like a well-rested Embiid going against potentially Okafor, who was his former teammate, and of course they kind of spat it around for a minute. I think it'd be a very interesting case on both sides of things. And a guy that, again, didn't play Monday, he will be well-rested for this game. I just, I like that upside quite a bit. However, and I I know I was just clicking through and I can figure out now why 
you do like Howard over Embiid, and that's simply because this is one of the highest price points Embiid has been at in a little while. Yeah. 9,300, 9,800, 9,700, and 9,800. Those are Embiid's prices the last four games. So, of course, at 10,400, Mr. Ben Miller, who is always <laughs> focused on getting the guy as lowest point, is going to be scoffing at that. I, I appreciate that. You, you did you did hit it on the mark there. You're staying consistent, if nothing else. Right. And I will say, both players, if you look at, you know, Rotowire's defensive versus position tools, I don't know if you said this already, but... The Hawks and then the Nets are the, the top two teams in terms of points given up to center. So both of these guys have right. great matchups. Exactly. Like, I mean, I, you can't a, go wrong, but it, like you bingo. said, there's there's the decision to be made between the two. You can't go wrong. It's a 1A and 1B situation, <laughs> and that's where going back to a double up, that $1,000 savings makes a big difference. But I think, again, at least my vote's going to be Embiid giving the bigger potential. I, I, I would not be wanting to put money on... Uh, which one outperforms because I think they're both going to do really well. So right. this is yeah. sometimes we'll do a, a, a bet back and forth. I think in this case it's going to be who's going to get to 50 drafting <laughs> points first. And oh, I don't know. We'll find out. That's yeah. how it feels like. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the injuries on Wednesday's eight game slate, starting first with what appears to be a headache now and forever the Grizzlies going against the Pacers at seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. And I say headache because half the roster is yet again either hurt. Game time decision or doubtful, starting first with Mario Chalmers with a hamstring injury, Ben McLemore, knee injury, Deonta Davis, knee injury, Dylan Brooks, knee injury. All game time decisions as of right now. Jermichael Green is doubtful. Bless his soul. He's been a great DraftKings FanDuel player for us. But if he's out, I love that we can use the bit of Jarrell Martin at under 5,000 at the power forward spot. James Ennis, Chandler Parsons, God, what an awful contract. That's his full name, actually. <laughs> Chandler Parsons, God, what an awful contract. Yeah. He is out with a knee injury. So that's, again, what, eight, seven, eight Grizzly players that we do not know their stats. Thankfully, We've been blessed with the fact that this is a 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off, so we should know prior to a lot of lineup blocks what's playing out here. Right, right. But again, this continues to be a headache as far as who the Grizzlies will actually be able to play and who we can utilize as cheaper alternatives. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. Like, uh, this is almost you have to wait and see. Like, there's there's no way predicting what's going to happen until we get, you know, guys who are who, who are ruled out. I will say Tyreek Evans, um, he came off the bench, you know, last game. You know, his first game back from injury. Um only played like 25, 26 minutes. Um, I assume he'll be back up to you know his usual workload in, in starting. So I think it's safe to fire him up. Uh, he's not that cheap. He's, he's still pretty pretty high priced. Um, but you know with that many guys out, you know he's obviously going to be another go to guys offensively. So I, I wouldn't mind using him at this. We talked about him Monday and he ended up being okay. I think at just under forty drafting yeah, points. Yeah. So that's about what we were expecting given the score. I will say though, I wonder if the Grizzlies don't think about resting him. As we get a little bit closer to the trade deadline, of course, the trade deadline is before the All-Star break. All-Star break is February 18th. So around that time, we're getting that point where a team like the Grizzlies, who is out of contention for the most part in the Western Conference, given the Warriors are so great and everything else that goes along with them, it might behoove them to be able to rest Evans for when they need to be trading. Because I think that he's going to be a guy that gets moved. He's been rumored so often. I have to imagine they end up trading him. And his value probably won't be any higher than what it is currently. An injury could very well affect their chances of getting a first-round pick for Evans. Yeah, that's actually. I mean, that's an interesting argument to be made. I don't. I don't know if they actually would. You know, I don't, I don't know if they would. It happens this week. I don't even think it happens again today. We're talking just yeah. Wednesday for their game right. slate. But that is something you have to have in the back of your mind that they end up potentially resting him strategically to maintain his trade value. Because right. one injury and you just wrecked everything. I no, I agree. That's 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 a good point. I I, I don't see him doing it, but. 
but yeah, I, that could be one of those surprising things that just randomly occurs that you have to be, you know, be on a watch for. Absolutely. Everyone has to be on watch. I mean, there's 32 teams or I'm sorry, 30 teams in the NBA right now that are all potentially garnering for some sort of trade. So there is a situation like the Blake Griffin deal that happened, uh, well, this weekend, I think, where a player could end up going out and you have to try to make accommodations for that. So just be mindful of that when you're setting your lineups that a trade could drastically affect things from what we're expecting and what we're not expecting. Yeah. Over to the Pacers side of things, Lance Stevenson is a game-time decision with the thigh injury. Uh, Been a DFS asset at times, but I'm not sure how comfortable we feel using him even with guys that are now completely healthy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely out on Stevenson. I don't even think he's, you know, that great price right now. He's sitting at 4,800. I mean, that's not horrible. Um, I'm, I'm out, though, especially against this, you know, Grizzlies team, slow it down. It's just not the matchup for me. Uh, we'll move over to the Lakers. Magic Lonzo Ball, of course, seven o'clock Eastern Time tip-off. Uh, knee injury. He's already out. One of the Eulis brothers. It feels like there's fourteen Eulises in there, just like the Plumleys. <laughs> One of the Eulis brothers is beginning the starting spot, but uh, Josh Hart kind of mixing in as far as that Jordan Clarkson too. It's to the point where even with Lonzo Ball out, you're not able to get any sort of differentiating player at all. And of course, they've been priced all appropriately where you're not getting a savings if one of them ends up going off anyway. So I just don't feel comfortable using it despite a solid enough matchup. On the flip sides of things, though, and I don't know why I said flips, but on the flip side of things, Alfred Payton, not a bad option if you wanted to kind of go a different route point guard. The Lakers, of course, are not very good defensively at any of those guard spots, but particularly the point guard. I'm a little bit interested in that, particularly if Aaron Gordon misses time. He's a game-time decision with the hip injury. So if he's out, somebody has to be scoring for the Magic. And I think that maybe Alfred Payton, if not scoring, could get some assist numbers. So I'm I'm interested in that. And of course, Vucevic is still out with that hand injury. That, I don't know, the Magic, the point guard situation is... it's starting to get a little a little weird for me. I'm not I'm not like willing to to put much stock there. I think the last game they did some weird thing with Shelvin Mack and DJ Augustine getting minutes along with Peyton, which puts a, a pretty fat timeshare there. I I assume you know Peyton's still the guy, but that that weird timeshare they just had the last time out you know worries me a little bit there. If Aaron Gordon does miss time, of course he missed Tuesday's game. It was questionable. If he misses time. That opens the door for Mario, Super Mario, to get the st- spot start at power forward. He got 25 minutes. It's okay, uh, fantasy-wise, at least last night. And I think I'd feel confident using him as well. I guess, I don't know. It depends on what his price ends up being, where you feel confident using him on DraftKings. But if Gordon is out, and again, that could be a very real possibility, maybe Super Mario is where you want to go. Yeah, he's 4800 I think that's that's a reasonable price for him at that point if, if you know— if Gordon does sit out, he played 25 minutes. I, I honestly expect it to be up more towards 30 tonight if, if Gordon's out. Um, I think that's a great play. He's, he's a guy that can easily get 30, 35, 40 um, if he has a big night. So I don't mind that price. I think that's really solid for him. We'll go over to the Hornets and Hawks game. We've already talked a lot about Dwight Howard, so not much more we need to mention there. But Marvin Williams will be out with that ankle injury, and then Cody Zeller is out with a knee injury. Williams' injury really hurt my Monday lineup. He's a guy I was relying on quite a bit. And, of course, we also had a different guard, too, that kind of messed things up. So, overall, we've been doing pretty positive as far as setting lineups, but a couple of key injuries to guys I had no idea really affects things, and that goes back to my love for Anthony Davis, it feels like, and any given moment that can happen, too. (laughs) So I'm well aware of how that works in DFS. Uh, That's a 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. On the other side of things for the Hawks, only DeAndre Bembry is the guy to make note of. He's a game-time decision with the groin. Is there anybody that you're interested in here? Of course, Kemba Walker. If we're talking about Tyreek Evans, Kemba Walker might be a guy where the Hornets decide to start resting periodically to save that, but it feels much more likely that Evans will be traded as opposed to Kemba Walker, correct? Right, right. I agree. I don't think I don't think 
I don't, yeah, I don't think the Hornets are going to be willing to give up, you know, Walker for for anything cheap. So I, I don't know if there's going to be enough teams out there, you know, willing to give up multiple first round picks or whatever it is. Um, but in terms of players from that game, I think the one guy that jumps out to me is Frank Kaminsky. Um, he should start at you know power forward. No Marvin Williams, no Cody Zeller. So there's there's going to be a, a starter's workload there. Could push for thirty minutes. He's only forty four hundred. That's great. Um, I will say. He, he shot a blistering 17% over the last three games and like 7% from three. Oof. So that is, that is brutal. Um, but he's got to bounce back at some point and why not being the game he, he plays 30 minutes. He's got minutes. Ersan covering him though, right? I mean, like that's not, he can, he can take advantage of that matchup. Both guys yeah, are slow yeah. white dudes that aren't going to be doing much more than right. three point shooting. I kind of like that too. I think that's not bad for under 4,500 and it gives you some utility at the power forward or forward spot on DraftKings. That's not a bad direction to go either. Yeah, basically, I'm banking on a, a bounce back uh, uh, game here. So I, I don't know. It, I definitely think it comes with some risk. But I mean, when he's a forty four hundred dollar player, a lot of those guys do. Um, just just because he's played so poorly of late. But yeah, the, the workload has me, you know, pretty confident he can he can hit value. Moving over to the 76ers and Nets, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. Joel Embiid will be back, of course. We've talked about him a lot. At the beginning of the podcast here, he missed Monday's game, but he's good to go. That was just kind of a rest situation. Markel Fultz is still out with that shoulder injury. On the Nets side of things, Rondé Hollis Jefferson with the groin injury likely going to be out. And with Karis Levert, also a game-time decision with the groin injury, we're opening up a lot of space for that power forward, small forward, even shooting guard spot to get even more extended minutes. I'm looking at like a guy like Alan Crabb, especially on DraftKings with the three-point shooting, is an interesting name. Is there anybody else that you're kind of interested in with those injuries that we just talked about? Um, not, a lot, not a whole lot jumps out to me. I, I could see maybe grabbing like a, a cheap Joe Harris if Levert sits out. or um, I know Quincy Acey has been starting, but I don't think he's done much. Um, honestly, the Nets front court, I, I really like just Jaleel Okafor. Um, that really doesn't have too much to do with the injuries there. It's, it's just his price. He's only like 3,600. Um, he he kind of got the, the most minutes of all the centers the last two times out. Um, I think they pretty much benched Tyler Zeller and didn't play him at all at the last game. And um, Jared Allen's their other like young guy that they, they should be developing, but for some reason still giving Okafor more, more of the minutes. So I, I like him at 3,600. That's super cheap. I think he's had almost like 20. 530 Vandal drafting points the last mm. two times at 25 and 30 yeah so um i think that's a great value at a 3600 and you mentioned the uh, the, the revenge, revenge narrative yeah. that's the part like even if they weren't giving him more minutes this seems like one of those perfect situations for the revenge game narrative i think back to how many times greg monroe has run roughshod over the bucks <laughs> when he's been benched for four or five games and it's like oh, oh bucks are on the schedule all right greg monroe here he goes double right, double right. 20 and 10 i there is no more motivation that he could possibly have than going against the 76ers tonight with Embiid now healthy. Yeah. He missed a whole game. I mean, you're getting the best of Joel Embiid potentially. I think Okafor makes a lot of sense as a revenge game narrative play. If you really buy into that, of course, DJ Trainer has made that famous over on the Friday <laughs> podcast. I really like that for under 30, 3,800, 3,800 for his price at 3,600 yeah. currently. I, I, I makes a lot of sense and really in a GPP situation, that's a great roll of the dice if you don't want to, I mean, if you're looking for a utility spot. Yeah, definitely a pun, or definitely a, um, a a tournament guy for sure. Yeah, we'll go over to the Heat and Cavaliers seven thirty Eastern time tip off. Nothing really new to note for the Heat. Of course, we have Roddy McGruder, Deion Waiters, Akar White. There have all been out for quite a while now. However, the biggest injury we kind of highlight at the top of the broadcast here: Kevin Love will be out potentially six to eight weeks with that fractured hand. He joins John Wall and Devin Booker on Ben's All Stake League team that are, are hurt. So, <laughs> really, this Kevin Love interesting Love in, injury is interesting on a number of levels. 
but first and foremost has to, at least for the DFS podcast has to be who fills in place. And I think that's going to be Tristan Thompson, correct? I mean, it's not going to be Jay Crowder. I, I don't know. Honestly, you know, it's there's there's a weird grouping there. It's going to be a lot of Tristan Thompson, some Jay Crowder. I think Jeff Green will probably take some of those minutes. And I think even Channing Fry played pretty well when he when he left the last game early. So I think it's kind of a handful of different options there. Nothing that's like super piques my interest. I think Thompson, he, he kind of just moved into the starting lineup a couple of games back. That That's somewhat intriguing for me. Um, I think for, for tonight's slate, he's, he's pretty cheap. I think low 4,000s. Um, it looks like... Yeah, about four. Yeah, four thousand on the dot. So that's super cheap. I don't like him necessarily against Whiteside. That that's the only thing that worries me a little bit. Um, but in terms of people who are benefiting, I don't know. That's tough. I think it, I think my top would be Thompson and, and I think maybe I would Janet go that direction Fry. too. But I will point out. I don't know what direction or what position you really wanted to call Kevin Love at times. He played center at times. He played right, forward, yeah. so it's tough to look at that. But if you are on Rotowire's defensive positioning tool and you click on the DraftKings tab, the Miami Heat allow the third fewest points to the power forward, and they allow the fourth fewest points to the center spot. So, right. yes, Kevin Love is going to be out. Yes, you're probably going to be price savings given the minutes that are going to be given to somebody, and we don't know who that somebody is quite yet. However, they are very, very good covering that position overall, whether it be power forward or center. And it's to the point where I don't really feel comfortable going after either one. I mean, if we're talking about uh, price-wise for Tristan Thompson, I think I would much rather have um, Okafer, again, revenge game narrative, getting a little bit more minutes at 3,600 as opposed to Tristan Thompson at 4,000. I agree. Like, hands down, I would rather go the Okafer rat. Right. Yeah, it just seems like Okafer is the safer play there. Absolutely. Despite being cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, before we get into the latter half of Wednesday's eight-game slate, let's first get a word from Derek Van Riper. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Okay, now we're going to go to the Knicks and Celtics, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Of course, Joakim Noah, also with the, the full name of Really Bad Contract, along with, uh, who was I saying that earlier for? Oh, Chandler Parsons. Yeah, yeah. They're dueling for probably the worst contracts in all of the NBA. It ain't good either way. What? What? Just for funsies. How many picks would you have to attach to either one of those contracts for you to be interested in trading for Chandler Parsons or Joakim Noah? Like the next decade worth. <laughs> so way worse than the Nets and Celtics one, right? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. I'll be the same way too. So uh, Joakim Noah is going to be out with the personal stuff going on. Ron Baker, Mr. Troy Bolton is going to be out with the shoulder injury. On the Celtics side of things, interesting to note here, Kyrie Irving with the bruised quad will be out. My love pick, uh, my cheap pick, Shane Larkin really broke my heart on Monday. <laughs> he missed that game, or at least he missed it. And I don't even know if he played, but he certainly didn't do anything if he did play. He is a game time decision with his knee injury. And Marcus Smart will be out with a hand injury. So this opens the door for Mr. Terry Rozier to be a very intriguing under 5k option at the point guard shooting guard spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully on board with Rozier. He's only 5,300. They've upped him a little bit but that's because you know marcus smart's been out so it's already you know giving rosier a shot to to kind of see added minutes but yeah no no irving rosier is going to start he's going to have a ton a ton of minutes he's a, he's the kind of guy that despite being a backup every time he gets big get big minutes and and, and runs with the starters he, he puts up some some serious numbers you know almost 
I, I almost expect a floor of 30, 30 fandom I, points. I honestly think he's going to be one of the highest priced or highest owned guys yes, yeah. in anything. I don't care if it's double up GPP, head to head. People are going to be having him. I think it makes all the sense in the world to have him. Absolutely. Because you're right. The floor is 30 fandom points, especially with, I'm sorry, 30 DraftKings points. Ding for me. Um, <laughs> I, and you're right. I, certainly with Marcus Smart out, with Kyrie Irving out, with potentially Shane Larkin, who didn't do anything for me Monday, but could do something here if he actually played, with all those guards either out or game time decision, he has to be getting a ton of minutes. Yeah, he's going to run the show. I mean, he, he's also a guy that has that multi-category production. He can do it all as a guard. You know, he, he doesn't, he's not a one category guy. He, he does everything. So I think that that really helps his value. Um, and when he's on that workload, like you, you exactly. got to love it. Are you interested at all in a Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum for that matter, as far as secondary guys that could be, I think they're priced to the point where kind of have to shrug your shoulders and be like oh i think he's gonna get there i I certainly don't think you're getting a tournament kind of style pricing for them yeah but if nothing else you have to figure they will be productive too given all those guys that are out yeah they're both sitting about five fifty six hundred and fifty seven hundred um i I definitely had tatum in my lineup at one point um i took him out um but i definitely think both of them have viability i i wouldn't be against using either honestly i think brown might have you know if i think about it brown might have the better matchup i think Going up against you know Porzingis if 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 Tatum's matched up you know although I don't know I I think both still seem all right I don't I'm not too worried about the Knicks I didn't have either one in there but I'm all on board with you I don't really yeah. fear the Knicks at all I think that there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of defensive deficiencies that come with that team I know Chris Tepps Porzingis is out there but I just don't feel comfortable really with his defensive prowess of all to stop those guys. And I think the Celtics are a smart enough team um, by Brad Stevens, run by Brad Stevens, I should say, that they should be able to get their buckets however they want to. So, yeah. Right. Do you like Chris Tapps at all in this game? No. I, I had him in as my center initially, talking about price savings from uh, Dwight Howard to Joel Embiid and vice versa. Porzingis is a step down from those two, too. And then I looked at the numbers a little bit more. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with somebody else besides him. Yeah, I... The- I mean, I could see the play just because it's Porzingis. You know, he's 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 a good player. He's going to put up numbers. I don't know, eighty two hundred. That's a that's a solid price for him. But against the Celtics, I just there's not much where I, I feel like he's just going to do more than what he usually does. So I, I I'm, I'm out on that. I agree with you. We'll go over to the Bulls and Trailblazers game, a ten o'clock Eastern time tip off, and that's going to be an interesting note because we do have one big injury on the Bulls side of things that could drastically affect how the drafting slate plays out. Uh, Miritich. Game time decision, at least, or looking like that with his leg injury. Markin is already out with personal injuries. This opens the door for Bobby Porras to get a ton of minutes, potentially, against a Trailblazers squad that's been okay defensively. But when Portis has gotten his 20 to 30, he has responded tenfold as far as drafting, drafting points go. So I think this is a very interesting game to monitor if you want to use a cheaper alternative power forward. Yeah, Portis is always like super extremely efficient, even in limited minutes. Um, so I love that play. You know, I think two out of the last three games when he played more than 22 minutes, he had 29 um, DraftKings points and 46 DraftKings points. So um, even if Miritich plays, I'm still comfortable using Portis, even though he's 5,900. Um, but obviously, if Miritich plays, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm anxious as a bit to get to right. get Portis in there. Well, and you talk about where the savings, that $1,000 savings comes from if you choose to go Dwight Howard instead of Joel Embiid. I currently have Jarrell Martin, the power forward for the Grizzlies, in my lineup right now at 4900 This is where you could just slot Bobby Portis right in there if we know for certain Miritich is out because Portis is listed at 5900 Right, And this is another spot where you could put him at a forward spot too, not just the power forward or even the utility. I, I, again, efficiency is a key in this 
And with all those guys already out or potentially going to be out, yeah. this opens the door quite a bit. But let's go a different route. Let's say that Miritich is in fact playing. Do you feel comfortable using him at all instead of Bobby Portis? Yeah, I think I would. Um, I usually don't really love people coming off an injury. Uh, that that scares me off a lot. Um, but I think Miritich just plays so well when he when he has big minutes. So I he's only fifty five hundred too. Yeah, so I, I'd be on board. I'd be comfortable with it. Again, though, st- you know, Porce has just played so well even when he's a backup, and I'd still maybe I'd rather just roll with Portis anyway. Well, Portis is the higher-priced guy of the two at 5,900. Mirtich is 5,500, which goes back to Ben's favorite thing. That's one of the lowest prices we've seen in yeah, that. Yeah. That's in large part due to the injuries, too. I think DraftKings is pricing that appropriately. But just keep in mind, if Mirtich is playing, you do get a price savings because they were kind of expecting And it looks like Mirtich did about 20 minutes ago. He got cleared. So he got cleared. Okay, there he you practice go. practice, so and he's available to play. 5,500, I would fire Mirtich up against yeah. the Trailblazers. I think Bobby Portis at 5,900 is a little bit too much. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, given his price. Now, if he was forty nine hundred, like you like to say, just shave off a thousand dollars. Right. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll go that route. But at fifty five hundred, that's not that's not a bad option for a guy we know can score on Miritich. A lot of good stuff at the power forward spot. I will say that. Yes, that's that's one of the the better depth spots, but also remaining cheap. There's not, cheap, yeah. Cheap there's guys. not a lot of higher price guys. No, LeBron and Embiid are the only two over ten thousand on DraftKings. But at the same time. A lot of cheap alternatives around that forty five, fifty five hundred on DraftKings. Yep. If I'm if I'm going one position, you know, cheap, it's it's power forward forward. We'll move over to the Mavericks and Suns next next of the final game of the eight game slate. Ten thirty Eastern time tip off. JJ Barea will be out with the oblique injury. And of course we have the other usuals for the Mavericks. Nerlens Noel, Seth Curry, Dorian Finney Smith already out. On the Suns side of things, Tyson Chandler, he was out. He was rested in the last game, but he should be back and good to go. Devin Booker remains a game-time decision. We probably won't know a lot about that uh, closer to that tip-off point. Marquise Chris is a game-time decision with the ankle, and Alex Len is out with the ankle injury. So a couple of injuries that are of key importance as far as the Suns and competitiveness goes, but this is a situation where both teams are bad, and this might open the floor for both teams to score too. Yeah, this is yeah, this is the typical two bad teams, and it makes good fantasy things happen. <laughs> um, I think there's there's plenty to like about this game in terms of injuries and you know pace of play and two bad teams. So I'm comfortable using multiple guys from this from this game, whether it's T.J. Warren um, because you know he's getting that boosted usage if Booker sits out, or or one of those guards that we talked about on Monday. You know the Tyler Eulis, Isaiah Cannon, those type of guys who should, you know, take on more minutes if, if, like I said, if Booker's out. Cannon did get the start on Monday in place of Devin Booker. However, it was Tyler Eulis that got the majority of the run. I think he got a little over 30 minutes and was able to do a pretty well drafting point-wise. And that's a guy we kind of highlighted on Monday yeah. as someone we thought could do well. It was either him or Cannon. I think now we have a little bit more of an understanding how the Suns want to utilize that. I'll pose a different question to you, though, because I know you've been high on TJ Warren and just sneaking a peek at your lineup. You are high on him once more again. Yeah, yeah. If Booker is in, do you feel comfortable still using TJ Warren? Comfortable, yes, but but definitely less appealing. Uh, I don't know if I he's not like a an automatic play for me. Then you know, right now I'm I really like it. I, I feel like he has a ton of upside. But no, yeah, if Booker came back, I'd, I'd definitely be a little less high in Warren. See, I'm going to stay away from Warren if Booker's out again. We talked Monday how great Warren was as an option. I think he did do fairly well with all the scoring really to himself. Right, right. But with Devin Booker coming back, and I expect if he's coming back, he has to be at least almost entirely healthy because there's no reason why the Suns want to run out their guy otherwise. Right. So if he comes back, I'm expecting to be healthy. And if that's the case, if there's a healthy Booker, I'm a little less 
comfortable using Warren, and I would probably not go that route as a guy that's sixty four hundred. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's that's probably fair fair way to think about it. Let's move over to the RotoWire Optimizer lineup. Of course, you can look at DraftKings RotoWire Optimizer lineup by locking in two players that you feel comfortable using in your lineup and then going around elsewhere. For this experiment, or for this exercise, we chose to lock in Damian Lillard, the point guard for the Trailblazers, going against the Bulls at 8900 price. And of, of course, Terry Rozier had to be the other guard locked in right, there at 5300 right. going against the Knicks. With all those guys for the Celtics out, I thought those were the two most obvious players to use. And here's what the RotoWire Optimizer lineup gave for us with those two locked in. Of course, Lillard is your starting point guard. Evan Turner, though, going double up on against the Bulls here at 3,800 is your shooting guard option. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, I guess the optimizer expecting him to play. And if that's the case, they love him going against the 76ers at 6,200 at the small forward spot. Dirk Nowitzki comes in with all those sons injured as an interesting Magic's, I'm sorry, interesting option for the Mavericks at 4,700 against the Suns. Joel Embiid, that conversation that we were talking about the earlier podcast, well, Optimizer has made its decision. He's in, in the lineup for the Optimizer lineup at 10,400. Not sure why I had to say Optimizer four times <laughs> in the last five words. Uh, Terry Rozier is your guard, of course. Jay Crowder, we're anticipating Tristan Thompson coming in. Well, maybe Jay Crowder gets more of the minutes with that Kevin Love injury against the Heat at 3,800. That's another guy that could get more opportunities. And Dennis Smith rounds out the Rotoware Optimizer lineup at the utility spot against the Suns with a 6,800 price tag. So what do you think about that Rotoware Optimizer lineup? It's intriguing. Uh, I think there's a couple things that I just not not on board with. I, I, I'm actually okay with Jay Crowder. I think that's that's a pun play at best. Like that's I agree. that's at best. Um, I'm probably not going with him, but I, I get it. Um, Dennis Smith is way too expensive for me. 6,800. That's that's a little pricey. So I'd, I'd rather go elsewhere for a utility spot at that at that price. And then Hollis Jefferson. I don't know. He's fresh off a groin injury. We don't even know if he's questionable. We, there's been no updates since since he sat out Tuesday. Um, I'd avoid that at all costs. I, I'm just not 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 going there. Well, it's an easy pivot pay, play for Hollis Jefferson. You can just go to TJ Warren there. Yeah. You're, you're high in TJ Warren. I might not want to go that way, but that's only a $200 difference. You could find that somewhere else. Maybe it ends up being that you kind of cut off Dirk Nowitzki, who at 4,700, I think is interesting, but he's not going to really give you much more than scoring. And I'm not expecting him to get 20 points. It just right, doesn't seem right. right. So you could probably find a power four with similar ceiling or floor, I should say, at 4,500. And you just make that switch there. I agree with you though, Dennis Smith is the higher price guy that I wouldn't feel comfortable using. Now, because he's in utility, you can go many number of directions if you were to use this exact lineup, because then you can find a guy anywhere near that price tag to kind of tinker with some stuff. I also wasn't comfortable with Evan Turner. And the fact that they had two 3,800 guys in there is interesting, if nothing else. Yeah. It does make me feel more confident though, that if you want to do a stars and scrubs lineup, it isn't that impossible to pull off. No, I think you definitely could. I just, I just don't know if that's the best route to take. Um, I don't, we don't have we don't have the firepower at the top of the like the, the top tier guys to to really you know say oh I want to get Kevin Durant and James Harden and I, the top top tier guys just aren't that that great in my opinion so I, I think it's safer to to avoid the you know the that sort of right, strategy absolutely. and I, I felt a little uncomfortable when I was setting my lineup kind of going down the line and, and looking at my utility options saying oh, wow I'm gonna have to put a guy that's in 3800 price tag there. However, we've both rattled off multiple 3,800 people, and so did the Rotoway Optimizer yeah, lineup. So yeah. I feel a little bit better that there's options to go with if, in fact, Devin Booker is ruled out. Because, yes, I am going with Tyler Eulis as my utility option in my lineup at 3,800. My other players, Terry Rozier, of course, point guard against the Knicks at 5,300. Evan Fournier against the Lakers, shooting guard option on DraftKings, 6,500 price tag. 
Josh Richardson against the Cavaliers at 6,200. Jarrell Martin, we've already talked about him against the Pacers at 4,900. Dwight Howard, I did in fact go that direction instead of the Embiid route at 9,400. Lillard at 8,900, we've talked about him quite a bit. And rounding up my lineup, J.J. Redick at 5,000. Actually, can put him in at the forward spot on DraftKings. Worth pointing out, Fournier, the Lakers, allow the most points to the shooting guard spot. A lot more of a score than really anything else in the Magic. However, I think somebody's going to have to score against the Lakers, and he's a guy I think will do pretty well. 6,500 is high, but I really think that the ceiling he's giving you is something I'm willing to pay up for. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I guess I won't say I don't mind Fournier at all. Um, my worry is JJ Redick, just because he's, he's coming off like a, a two week absence, um, extended time off that that's usually the good thing is he's starting. So that, that, that at least provides some encouragement that he's, he's going to see, you know, a fairly decent workload. I'm still too worried to go there. I, I like his price. I think you're right. The, the 5,000 price tag's good. I still, I can't go there. I can't At least in DraftKings, you know, he's going to make three pointers. So you get a little bit of a floor and a little bit of a cushion that comes with it. I wouldn't mind pivoting down to Frank Kaminsky at 4,400 if I really wanted to go with another forward route, especially with all those guys that are hurt on the horn side of things. Yeah. And he can't possibly continue to shoot as bad as he's shooting. No, no way. That's like what his one skill set is right. in the NBA. So I, I agree with you. I think that was not so much a pump play. Um, I think it was more of just I'm putting him in there because I don't know any other alternatives right now. Yeah. Once we get a little bit more information as far as the injuries go, feel comfortable. But at least when I'm doing these lineups, I want to set something that I want to use if I didn't touch anything, like if this yeah, was going to yeah. be the lineup I was going to have and this was it. Okay. So that's why JJ Reich is in there at my forward spot. Ben, how about you rattle off your lineup real quick as we round down the end of the podcast. At point guard, I'm Damian Lillard against the Bulls, 8,900. Shooting guard, Wesley Matthews against the Suns, 5,500. TJ Warren, like we mentioned, against the Mavericks, 6,700. At power forward, Enos Cantor against the Celtics, 6,200. Center, Dwight Howard uh, against the Hawks, 9,400. Terry Rozier, against the Knicks, 5,300. Frank the Tank, Kaminsky, against the Hawks, 4,400. And then good old Jaleel Okafor against the 76ers for 3,600. So the Wesley Matthews thing is another guy that we were talking about, Tyreek Evans, earlier. Very careful. Just be very careful if the Mavericks do end up sitting some of their veteran players, either for trade or just for rest purposes to get somebody else out there. Matthews has done well, and I think at 5,500, and especially at the shooting guard spot, you can find ways to get him in your lineup. But that's one of those that... I, I could see the flip of switch. They just they take him out for whatever the reason. Yeah, definitely, definitely something to watch there. I just if you look at the Suns' last five games defending shooting guards, it's absurd. They're like fifteen points more than any other team. Like it's seventy four point nine. The next team is sixty point seven in the last five games. And so it's not like Devin Booker coming back is going to change that too much. Not much. I don't. I don't think it would much either. So. I, I, I couldn't help myself go there just because, you know, Matthews has had a couple of really good games too. He had like a 48 pointer and a 30 something too. So I think there's plenty of upside there despite being like a, a low mid tier guy. Walk me through the Enos Cantor tra- uh, trade, not trade, uh, the Enos Cantor play though, because that's the one I look at right now and screams to me, what what the hell are you doing, Ben? Yeah, that's the one I was hoping you wouldn't ask about. <laughs> um, that's for sure. I have no reason. I just wanted to say his name. That's why I put him in. <laughs> no, um, his price is, is down a little bit, not much. He's coming off a 56 Fando point showing. Momentum's on twenty. It was a twenty twenty board or twenty twenty game. I'm missing a ding. Sorry. Um, oh god. Oh no. I didn't. I didn't do it. I, I did so well the yeah, whole. And you pod. paused. You like I, he coming off a fifty six point fan duel. <laughs> and there was like an extended pause that I thought you were going to correct yourself. And you did. This is perfect. Good. Good way to end this one. No, but I, I do wish he was a little cheaper. I think he does have upside though. He's he's got a floor of about thirty fan or DraftKings points. <laughs> he's had he's had thirty DraftKings points in each of the last seven games. The only one time so he was under by point times, two. That's the five times the difference we're exactly looking for. So almost, right that's there. so that's safe, and he also has decent upside for 
like 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 he had that 56 you know drafting point outing exactly. last time out so i think there's plenty of upside there the only difference is that who did he go against when he scored 56 right right he did go up against the nets and, that's and right okay the and celtics the nets, is a little a little scarier yeah i like agree the exact opposite as far as the <laughs> positioning to the celtics and nets are are quite on differentiating sides of that right, right right well that does it for us on the wednesday nba dfs podcast We'll be back again Monday. I think we're getting close to the All-Star break. So again, monitor your lineups before end of injuries, but more importantly, if there are any trades that end up coming through, if you hear any rumors, guys like Wes Matthews, Tyreek Evans, just be mindful of the fact that they could be moved or could be benched periodically throughout these uh, upcoming weeks now. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll be back again Monday to talk more NBA DFS. Until then, see you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.